I invite your attention to the last book in the Holy Scriptures. The name of the book is The Revelation of Jesus Christ. And locate the third chapter, Revelation chapter 3. My message will be found in verse number 4, and my message is titled, Worthy to Walk with Jesus in White. Revelation chapter 3, verse 4. I'm going to read the entire passage to this church. Now bear in mind, there are seven churches in Asia Minor, what today we would call Turkey, the country of Turkey. In the ancient Roman times, that was Asia Minor. There were seven churches of Christ in Asia Minor. And John has been directed by Jesus Christ to write a letter to each of them. These letters that John wrote to the churches were the very words of Jesus Christ. They were applicable not only to the seven churches to whom they were written, but also to Christians in every age. These seven churches represent the Lord's churches in every age. So, the second and the third chapters deal with these epistles or these letters to their churches. And here in chapter 3, Verse 1, we find these words. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis. Now the angel of the church is the pastor of the church. The angel is a messenger. That's the simplest meaning of the word, a messenger. Therefore, the angel of the church here in Great Falls, that would be me. We're not told who the angel of the church in Sardis was, but whoever he was, he was the pastor. And he was here, given the letter, and he was to read it to his church. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he, that hath the seven spirits of God, and the seven stars, the seven spirits of God would be the Holy Spirit and the seven stars have to do with the churches and their pastors. You can read about them in the first chapter of the book. I know thy works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Oh, that's not good. Be watchful. And strengthened the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard. And hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch. I will come on thee as a thief. And thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Here's my text. Thou hast a few names. Even in Sardis. 
which have not defiled their garments. And they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Now look at my text, verse 4. The title of the message is, Worthy to Walk with Jesus in White. Now as I said a moment ago, this epistle was directed specifically to the church that was in Sardis. But what is written to this church applies to saints in every place, in every age. Because consider the last lines of the epistle, they read, He that hath an ear, let him hear. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. Meaning this, these, or that exhortation is found at the end of all seven epistles, indicating to us that everything that was written to those seven churches applies to you and to me if we have an ear. If you have an ear, listen and consider what the Spirit has said to the church in that place and apply it to your own life as well. He that hath an ear. Therefore, we who are here in Great Falls, Montana this morning should read these words and consider that the exhortation here given applies to us as well. They shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. That's my text. They shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. We're going to answer five questions this morning. First, what is it to walk with Jesus? Second, what is the white in which some will walk with Jesus? Third, who are the they who will walk with Jesus in white? Fourth, why are the walkers in with Jesus in white worthy to do so? And fifth, when? Will these worthy ones walk with Jesus in white? So let's go to that first question. What is it to walk with Jesus? You know what walking is. It is usually done at a leisurely place, a pace, not in a hurry. To walk means you are not jogging, you are not running. Perhaps you're strolling. But here this word means more than that. To walk with someone means to be in the closest and most intimate relationship with that person. How can two walk together except they be agreed, the prophet said. 
If Jesus here is speaking of some who will walk with him, bear this in mind. They will be in the closest and most intimate relationship that is possible. Now, that is not possible for you and me here on this earth at this present time. Jesus said, they shall walk with me, but it does not say they are walking with me. They shall walk with him in white. Why can we not walk with him in white now? We are in white, but we do not walk with him personally in the most intimate and closest relationship. And the reason for that is given unto us when we read that in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 6 and 7, that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. He's not here, folks. I mean, personally. Personally. We read, we walk by faith in Him, not by the sight of Him. As long as we are in this tabernacle here on earth, we are absent from him. We therefore do not walk with him personally in this sense in this present time. Some will, he says, they shall walk with me, but we cannot do it now in this present time here on earth. We walk in Christ Jesus the Lord figuratively, but we do not walk with him personally, in the closest of it and most intimate of relationships. Now, in this New Testament age, we walk in Christ Jesus the Lord figuratively. But if you look in the Old Testament, you will find that the preposition that is used is they walked before the Lord. We walk in Christ Jesus the Lord now. Old Testament saints walked before Him. There's coming a time when we will walk with Him. But what was it to walk before Him? This is explained unto us in, I believe, the first time this term is used. When the Lord said to Abram in Genesis 17, verse 1, Jehovah appeared to Abram and said, I am Almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. Now, what was it to walk before Jehovah? It meant that wherever you went, he was right behind you. Why was he right behind you? Well, he's keeping an eye out in case there's any danger going to come up from behind you. It won't happen. He can also see in front of you. But it also has something else. Something else is meant when he says, walk before me. What he's saying is this. I'm watching you. I'm watching you. Notice, walk before me and be blameless. I'm going to watch what you do. I'm going to observe your conduct. Walk before me and be blameless. Old Testament saints saying in the Psalm 116, verse 9, I will walk before Jehovah in the land of the living. I will ever walk cognizant of the fact that 
He's watching me as I walk. Not only is He aware of any danger that may try to overtake me, He knows what I'm doing. He hears the word I, the words I say. I walk before Him. Now, of only two men that I have found. If you find another one, let me know. I looked. I found only two men in the entire scriptures of whom it is said they walked with God. Now, Jesus is God, so they walked with Jesus. Only two men. And both of them lived before the deluge. We read in Genesis 5, 22 and 24 that Enoch walked with God 300 years. Why? He pleased God. Hebrews 11, verse 5. Enoch walked with God. Now consider this. The, the scripture does not say God walked with Enoch. The scripture says Enoch walked with God. Why? He pleased God. God looked upon the conduct and the behavior of, of Enoch and said, I'm going to let that man walk with me. He pleases me so much, I'm going to let him walk with me. Did it for 300 years. It is as though God would come down to Enoch's house and Enoch, you please me. Let's go for a walk. Okay? So they went for a walk. Every day. <laughs> 300 years. Let's go for a walk. Now the scripture also says that Enoch walked with God for 300 years and was not because God took him. I'm not really sure what all that means. But it appears that God would come down and have Enoch walk with him. Maybe every day they would go for a walk and they would commune and then they would turn around and walk back to Enoch's house and then God would go to his own. Did that every day. It might appear that one day that they went for their walk and perhaps the fellowship was so sweet they walked further than they had before and then the Lord says to Enoch, Enoch, look, we have walked longer and further than we had before and we are now closer to my house than we are to yours, so you just come on and go home with me. Enoch walked with God and was not because God took him. Enoch did not go home that day. Oh, he went to God's house. He went to God's house. But notice, Enoch walked with God. The scripture does not say God walked with Enoch. Enoch walked with God. He was worthy to walk with God even on this earth. And the other man was Noah. We read of him in Genesis 6 verse 9. Noah walked with God. The epistle of the Hebrews says he was a just man and 
perfect in his generations. And this was evidently after the time that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Probably during the hundred years or so in which he was preparing the ark. Now you can imagine preparing the ark, a huge ship that was to withstand the worst storm of that day. It had never rained before. There had never been a flood. There had never been a deluge. Yeah, I would say Noah's going to need a whole lot of counsel. He had no Stanley. He had no Black and Decker. He's got whatever he can find to cut boards and put them together and had to go look for some tar to cover the holes. Yeah, I suppose it was good <laughs> that God would come down and, here, Noah, you come walk with me. I'll show you how to get this done. By the way, he's also a preacher of righteousness, the Scripture says. A preacher of righteousness. Of those two men, I can find no others. Enoch and Noah walked with God. God considered them worthy to walk with Him on this earth. But of none others do we read. Well, now, yes, you may say, Jesus' apostles walked with Him for three years here on this earth. Yeah, but... Uh, was that fellowship closest and most intimate? I mean, Jesus repeatedly had to rebuke these men for their inconsistencies. And then one of them, within only three years, remember Enoch walked with God 300 years. These 12 were with Jesus for only three years. And then one of them betrayed him. And then when the soldiers came to arrest Jesus, the others fled. I, that fellowship, you know, they, they walked on the same road with Jesus, but that fellowship, I believe, is a little bit strained. But there's coming a time when they're going to walk with him. And he will not turn around to them and, and rebuke them again. Their fellowship will be sweet. None of them will betray him. None of them will flee from him. And he will not depart from him from them. Therefore, bear in mind this. Of only two men in all of God's word do we read, they walked with God. It cannot be done here on this earth. We are absent from the Lord. But how sweet is this promise. They shall walk with me in white. Having said all that, let me just throw something by you here. And doing it in what we considered a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago when Paul said, I was gentle with you. I want you to consider a certain song. It is played at funerals. It's in our hymnal. And I want you to consider these words. In the chorus, after each verse, it reads, And he walks with me, 
And he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Now think about that. Imagine if Enoch and Noah were present where the hymn was sung. Noah might say, Brother Enoch, did you hear what they just sang? Yeah, I heard that. He walks with me, they say. The Lord walks with me. Well, we walked with him. (laughs) That's what the scripture says. And the joy we share, none other has ever known. Brother Noah, I must tell you, I don't think anybody ever had the joy that you and I shared when we walked with him. And then they said, I'd stay in the garden with him, but he said, no, you must go. Oh, he never said that to us. Yeah, Enoch. He told you, come. He took you to his home. (laughs) I'm not so sure that is such a good song to be sung. But I will tell you this. In heaven's glory, in heaven's glory, Although we have not walked with Jesus personally here on this earth, He says, they shall walk with me in white. Undoubtedly, let there be no question about it. Second question. What is the white in which some will walk with Jesus? It is the white garments in which they shall be clothed. Now look in verse number 4. They have not defiled their garments. And in verse number 5, in the first expressions, they should be clothed in white raiment. The word garments and the raiment, it's the same Greek word. It would probably would have been better to have kept the translation garments. These white garments, they should be clothed in them. Now consider three things about those white garments. They are garments means of various sorts. Second, denotes purity, holiness, and righteousness. And the phrase, and I consider this, they shall be clothed. The verb is in the passive, meaning that they will not clothe themselves. I will clothe them. I will give to them their garments. I will be the one who supplied the garments. I will be the one who put the garments on them. They shall be clothed in white. These white garments, what are they? They are the garments of salvation and the robe of righteousness mentioned in Isaiah 61 verse 10. I will greatly rejoice in Jehovah. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For listen, He has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. We have not clothed ourselves. We have not purchased the garments. We have not made the garments. He made them. There he is. And he puts them on us. All these garments are Christ himself. What are they? 
the garments of salvation, the robe of righteousness. Is he not our salvation? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Is he not our righteousness? We are clothed in him. Paul the Apostle makes reference to this when he says in Philippians 3 verse 9 that I desire to be found in Christ. I want to be found in Christ. Not having my own righteousness which is from the law but that which is through the faith of Christ the righteousness which is from God by faith. Now, that's my prayer. I want to be found in Christ. I would hope that when God looks upon me, He sees not me, but Christ on me. He is my garment of salvation. He is my robe of righteousness. We read of these in Revelation 7, verses 9 through 17 in these words. John says, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And he says, they are clothed with white robes. A multitude. Everyone I'm going on a white robe, sparkling white robe. These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Everyone in heaven going to be clothed in these white garments. Every one of them. Question three. Who are the day who will walk with Jesus in white? They are a few names who have not defiled their garments. Now notice, a few names who have not defiled their garments. Consider first that they are names, not persons. The text does not say there are a few persons. The text says there are a few names. This indicates that Jesus knows who they are. It may be that you and I could be having a conversation and I look across the way and I might say, I see two people over there that would indicate I do not know whom they are. But if I say to you, I see Conrad and Kathy over there, then you know I know who I see. Jesus says you have a few names. Not just a few people, a few names. He knows who they are. Even in Sardis, he can call them by names. And notice that they are but few, not many. You have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments. Most professing Christians wear defiled garments. They would admit, if they were honest, that we are all like an unclean thing and all our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. If they were honest, they would admit it. But here are a few who will walk with Jesus in white, but any who wear these defiled garments will not do so. Now, how do you defile your garments? 
Well, hopefully you never will. Jesus says, these have not defiled their garments. How are garments defiled? Two ways. First, worldly living. James 1.27 says, Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father includes to keep one unspotted from the world. Keep one unspotted from the world. We live in the world. Our Lord did not tell us to go build communes and get away from the world so that we would not be defiled. No, he says, you're in it. You're in it. Live in the world. But we are not of the world. And the world knows that. We're in the world, and but not of the world, and we do not permit ourselves to be defiled by the things of the world. They're like a certain plant described by the Christian writer J.R. Miller back in the 1800s. He spoke of a white plant that grew at a coal mine near the opening of the coal mine. Coal dust swirled around it all the time. And yet he says, the plant stayed white. He brought it to the attention of someone. Look at this. All this cold dust swirling all around this white plant and it still stays white. And the coal miner took a hand of coal dust and threw it on the plant and it all rolled off. And they found that the plant was covered with some kind of an enamel substance that repelled dirt and dust and the cold dust fell onto the white plant. It just rolls right off. The lotus plant has the way of, of repelling dirt. It can stay in a muddy habitat and yet not be soiled with its surroundings. We're to be like that. We are to repel those things that are unseemly that would defile our garments. When it comes to, to the way we should live, we are denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. Repelling them. They're going to fall on you. They're going to swirl all around you. But we're told to deny ungodliness and worldly lust and live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. I tell you. That if you live soberly, righteously, and godly, defilement will not stick to you. It will not. It cannot. We are to live our lives denying ungodliness and worldly lust. And when he returns, we shall walk with him in white. All right. Do not defile your garments with worldly living. Do not defile your garments with spiritual fornication. Revelation 14 verse 4. These are the ones who were not defiled with women for they are virgins. <laughs> this is interesting. It is written to both men and women. 
They have not defiled themselves with women. They are virgins. Well, they at one time were not virgins, but they are now. But they are now. And they both, they, they, they include both men and women. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. Now, who are these women with whom they have not defiled themselves? You may say, well, it would be women of ill repute. I'll grant you that. I'll grant you that. But it goes further than that. These are the daughters of false religion. These are the daughters of Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. They have an alluring religion. And the daughters of Babylon are across the earth enticing men to follow them, men and women to follow them, to lose their virginity to these false religions. What are in these false religions? These have defiled themselves with free willism, work salvation, right self-righteousness, legalism, and everything else that is contrary to God's free and sovereign grace in Jesus Christ. When you see someone boasting of being saved by what he's done, I got baptized, I did this, I did the other, his garments are defiled with spiritual fornication. When you see one who boasts of his legalism, I keep God's law, God accepts my righteousness. Uh, that did not come from God's grace. These are they who have not defiled themselves with women. Number four. Why are the walkers with Jesus in white worthy to do so? I want you to think about that for just a moment. He says, they are worthy. Now, I'm sure that you and I would speak of our unworthiness. He says, they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Why are they worthy? They did not defile their garments. Consider what is written by John the Apostle in Revelation 14, 13. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. And now watch this very carefully. Watch this carefully. Their works follow them. The works they did here on earth follow them to heaven. Now that's interesting. Our works do not precede us to heaven as though to prepare a place worthy for us. We, we don't believe that. There are some who believe that. They have defiled their garments for sure. But no, no, no. Our works do not precede us to heaven as though to prepare a place worthy for us, nor do our works accompany us to heaven 
as though to be credentials to get us in. Who's there at the pearly gate? It's me. I'd like to get entrance. Why are you worthy? Let me show you my works. <laughs> I got this, I got this, I got that, and I got the other. Looks pretty good. Come on in. No, it does not work that way. Our works do not precede us to heaven as though to prepare a place worthy for us. Our works do not accompany us to heaven as though to prove our worthiness to enter, but rather our works follow us to heaven. Our Lord's got this in mind when he says, they are worthy. These have come in the heaven's glory and their works have followed them. And he says, these are worthy. They shall walk with me in white for they are worthy. Their works have followed them to testify of their worthiness to be here. And then point number five, question number five. When will these worthy ones walk with Jesus in white? Verse 5, after they overcome the world and everything in the world that would defile them, we read these words. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Oh, what a day that is going to be. Consider. Consider. We have some elderly couples in this church. We have young ones, but I'm, I want to speak just a moment to some of the elderly couples. We have we have our brother Dennis and our sister Diane. I believe they're probably the most senior among us. One of these days, their walk on earth will be over. They're going to be leaving this world. I'm not really sure how the circumstance works. But evidently from what we read here, they appear in heaven and Jesus presents them to his father. Father, here are two of your children. Now many, many, many years ago, I put my garments on them my garments of salvation and my robe of righteousness. And they wore these garments I gave to them all their lives. They never took them off. They wore them. They have not defiled their garments. And all the time they lived here upon this, upon that earth, they did not defile their garments. And now, here they are today. And I confess them to you. Not only do I present them to you, I confess they're mine. And they're wearing my garments and they have not defiled their garments. 
And they have just recently come out of the great tribulation and they have washed their garments and looked their sparkling white through the blood of the Lamb. And the Father says, But are there names in your book of life? Yes, Father, right here they are. Then do not blot their names out of your book. They are yours. And they are mine. And they have not defiled their garments. Bring them in. Let me ask you something. If that could be your experience in heaven's glory. It was a small price to pay. To repel the worldliness and the ungodliness around us. Was it not a small price to pay? They shall walk with me in white when they overcome. And then Jesus. Having seen that his old saints have gained the approbation of his father says come walk with me. I got some things to show you. The scripture says that in heaven and in the new Jerusalem. He shall shepherd them and lead them to fountains of living waters. Can you imagine? Jesus coming down as he did to Enoch and said, come, we're going for a walk. You're going to walk with me today. I've got some things here in heaven to show you. And there forever. Seizing never, we enjoy the closest and sweetest communion that you can imagine strolling across heaven's glorious land. I tell you what, I'm going to try to keep my garments clean. I'm going to try to keep my garments undefiled. And I hope that our Lord, even this morning, could say, I have some, even in Cascade and Teton counties, who have not defiled their garments. I hope he can say that of us. I have some, even in Great Falls and Choteau and Belt and wherever else it may be. I've got a few names. They have not defiled their garments. I hope he can say that of us. And we're going to walk with him in white. How glorious. Oh God, our Father, be pleased, we pray, to bless this word to the salvation of our souls, to the edification of your Zion, and to the glory of your Son, Jesus Christ, with whom we long to walk in white. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.